God granted, God granted Job. Sorry, Satan. Did you get that? This only came about because of the access God granted Satan. As soon as Satan left and got permission, all this started happening. And it fell upon the young men and they, and they are dead. And I only am escaped alone to tell thee. Verse 20. Then Joseph arose and rent his mantle and shaved his head and fell down upon the ground and worshipped. Verse 21. And said, Naked came I out of my mother's womb, and naked shall I return thither. The Lord gave, and the Lord hath taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. In all this, Job did not sin. So we are talking about the right and wrong thinking, right and wrong response. How do you respond to difficulty? How do you respond to pain? How do you respond to, to, to a, a difficult situation? Well, the Bible says that Job, when Job heard all these things, what did Job do? He rent his clothes, he shaved his head, in, that's a sign of mourning, and then he worshipped God. And then said, I came naked into this world without everything that I've lost. And when I entered my, when I left my mother's womb, I came naked. And I'll return naked. The Lord gave. And the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Right and wrong responses. Now before we continue, this also means that you realize that Job's friends started to blame him. Job has sinned. Definitely, it's because Job sinned. It's because Job has done something wrong. It's because God is angry with Job. That is why all this has happened. Now, God took it that they, had bore, they bore false witness against him. Because what they were saying was that because of something bad Job did, God has punished Job. And God took it an offense to that. Did you get that? So it means that bad things can happen to good people, but it doesn't mean they did anything wrong. And if we are not careful and we assume that they did something wrong, and because they did something wrong, this happened to them, God can easily be angry with you. Like he was angry with the friends. And then God told the friends that you've borne false witness against me. The only sin Job committed, no, he didn't sin. The only thing Job did which he had to apologize for was that he cursed the day he was born. Look, I, he said, look, I'll curse everything. I'm miserable. I'll curse everything. But that's for God. He's still God. You can put your hands together for the Lord. Job said, look, I have spoken of things too high, too wise, too mighty, too wild for me to even understand. I've spoken of things. And then God told his friends, you have sinned and if I'll tell Job to pray for you so that you will not die. Think about it. Job lost everything. And then God said, and then the, 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 his, his friends were accusing him. And then God told his friends that you are you are both false witness to me against me. So I am going to let Job pray for you so you will not die. And the Bible says and Job 42:10. And Job the Lord turned the captivity of Job around when he prayed for his friends. And then the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had. Hallelujah. Those over there, by the time I say Job 42, 10, you have to be attentive. You should, have, you should have been there by now so that the congregation can see it. But it's too late now. Let's move on. Hallelujah. So, right and wrong responses. Right and wrong thinking. Then we began to talk about 
a very important thing. Look at Proverbs 23, 7. Proverbs 23, 7. Proverbs 23, 7. Can I borrow your Bible, please? Yes. Thank you. We need to f fix what's going on. Job 40, uh, Proverbs 23, 7. For as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. Eat and drink, saith he to thee, but his heart is not with thee. So, the first thing was to guard our minds. Guard what enters into our minds. Now the Bible is saying, for as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. What do you think of yourself? How do you see yourself? How do I see myself? You and I must see ourselves the way God sees us. I am who you say I am. Amen. You are my champion. I am who you say I am. Yes, you and I must believe it. We must believe what God says we are. Who does God say you are? God told as a planter, a, cr a crook. God told that crook that you are no more a crook because you have, you, you have strived with God and prevailed. You are now called Israel. You are a prince because you've strived with God and you have prevailed. So God changed his name. Gideon was a coward. He was hiding. And then God said, thou mighty man of valor, mighty man of valor, I am who you say I am. Amen. So Gideon said, ah, but I'm the least, my tribe is the least, I'm the least in my father's house, and I'm a coward. Can't you see I'm hiding? God said, thou mighty man of valor, because God calls those things which are not as though they were. And also God sees you and I the way we are. Amen. Apostle Paul said, from henceforth, I know no man after the flesh. You and I must not see people the way they are now, but see people for who they are. For you and I are victorious. We are the righteousness of God in Jesus Christ. So for as a man thinketh, as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. As he thinketh in his mind and, his, in, and in his heart, so is he. So you and I must watch what enters into our hearts. Because whatever enters into our hearts will determine how we are. We will determine what we think about ourselves. Am I preaching to somebody? Proverbs 4.23 Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23. Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Keep thy heart. Keep your heart. Keep your mind and keep your heart with all diligence. What does it mean? For something to enter into my heart, it must be in my mind and I must ponder upon it. I must think about it. I must speak it. I must confess it and then to move from my mind to the heart. Once it's in your heart, then it brings forth a fruit. Hallelujah. So keep your heart. It means guard it. Guard it like, 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 like a fortified fortress. Make sure that nothing wrong enters into my heart and your heart. Make sure that whatever enters into my mind, I should not accept it if it's not good. It is only the things that are good that I must accept. Am I preaching to someone? Because... You, it, this verse shows that, look at it in uh, 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 ESV. This verse shows uh, uh, that you and I must intentionally, diligently keep our hearts. Keep 
our hearts with all vigilance. Diligence. This verse is vigilance. Be vigilant. Be, don't, 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 don't be, be uh, make sure you are sober. Don't, don't take it for granted. Be very careful what enters your heart. You and I must be very careful what enters our hearts. But it starts in the mind. So therefore, be, be very careful what enters our, our minds and what stays in our minds. What we ponder upon. Because what you and I ponder upon will determine what enters our hearts. If we allow fear to enter our minds, if we allow wrong thinking to enter our minds, if we always allow negative things to enter into our minds, then we'll be full of fear, full of negativity, full of doubt. You and I must not allow doubtful things to enter into our minds. Because when they enter into our minds and we ponder upon them or we keep hearing doubtful things, then they move from the mind to the heart. And then that's it. That's why faith is of the heart. You can, you can and read a verse and it can be in the mind. You can confess the verse. You can say all you want, but because it's not in your heart, it might not bear fruit. It's only God's mercy that you give it. Because faith is not of the mind. For with the heart man believeth. Faith is of the heart. Hallelujah. So you and I must be very careful what enters into our hearts. Because it's out of the heart that faith comes. I don't know if you're getting what I'm saying. And that's why God said, meditate upon my word day and night. Joshua 1, 8. Because when you meditate on the word of God day and night, then it moves from the mind to the heart. Then faith comes. Faith is of the heart. So guard your heart with all diligence. It means that I cannot control what enters into my mind. But I can control my pondering upon it. I can make sure I don't ponder upon it so that it doesn't enter into my heart. You and I cannot control the birds from flying over our heads. But you and I can control them building a nest our, on our heads. You can't control what thought comes to your mind. Even Jesus, uh, uh, satanic thoughts came into his mind. But the temptation. Because he needed to be tempted. As God, he cannot be tempted. That's why he had to become a man to be tempted. How can God be tempted? The Bible even says God cannot be tempted by evil and tempted, and he doesn't tempt anyone. But he had to be tempted and overcome the temptation so that you and I will become righteous through faith in Jesus Christ. Can I have an amen? amen. So you and I, we must guard our minds. Guard what enters into our minds. Can I have an amen? And the Romans 12, 1 and 2 explains that I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. And it goes on. Let me quickly go on since we're still talking about last week. Amen. And then we talked about the fact that Satan specializes in worry, in fear, in anxiety, in confusion, in doubt, in memory and grumbling. That is Satan's strategy. But the Bible says that you and I should do something very important. Let's look at Philippians chapter 4. Let's look at verse 8. Finally, brethren, how do you get your mind in the right place? Oh, the person 
will have perfect peace whose mind is what? Stayed on him. It means my mind must be fixed on Jesus. It means your mind must be fixed on Jesus. It means our minds must be fixed on who? Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, Whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. Last week we talked about it, but I just want to just quickly talk about the true and the honest. Sorry, the true and the good report. There is fact and there is truth. I was talking to a person uh, maybe three years ago, and the person was talking about truth and fact and telling me things which were fact and said they are true. A fact <coughs> is uh, uh, acceleration, due to, acceleration due to gravity. It's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a fact, isn't it? It's 9.8, whatever, whatever, whatever. The speed of light is, 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 is a fact. Yes, yes, per second, yeah. 100 and something, yeah. 1,700 yeah. And the light years, they are all fact. Hallelujah. The fact is that blood tests are the only way to get information about certain diseases. Those are facts. But the fact can work on planet Earth. But cannot, it doesn't mean that it will work in the moon. There are certain things that are correct here or work here. Like I can stand on earth here and walk. Even the moon, I can't do that without certain gear. 10 billion light years away, there are certain rules. So that's why they are fact. But the truth, everywhere in the universe, the truth is still the truth. Amen. The truth in 10 billion light years away, 10 billion light years away, the truth is still there. The truth doesn't change. Facts, people discover that, oh, we're wrong here. There was a time that they said the world was flat. That was a fact. Because a fact can sometimes be proven wrong or change. Now they know that the world is round. But the Bible already said that the circle of the earth. So the Bible is true. Archaeology is now finding that the Bible is true. Some of the discoveries in archaeology. Archaeology, all those things are fact. There's only one truth. So whatsoever things are true. <clears throat> Pilate asked Jesus, what is truth? He was talking to truth. What is truth? Jesus is truth. He was talking to truth and he was asking truth, what is truth? <clears throat> I don't know if you get what I'm saying. So it means that, yes, there's a report in the doctor's office. That's a fact. But the truth is that by his stripes we were healed. That's the truth. The fact is that they are foreclosing. But the truth is that he, has, you know, he supplies all our needs. According to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Jesus Christ was rich and became poor so that through his poverty we will be rich. Don't add help Jesus. Jesus Christ could have said rich in good things or rich in uh, 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 spiritual things. There's a verse that shows that Jesus can specify. Ephesians 1.3 Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So God knows how to say spiritual. But God said, 
I was rich. No, Jesus was rich and he became poor so that through his poverty we will be spiritually rich. No, not in the Bible. We'll be rich. So rich in everything, which includes money. Rich in everything, which includes resources. Rich in everything, which includes everything we can be rich in. That is God. Jesus give to us. I thought you put your hands together for Jesus. <laughs> Hallelujah. So the truth is what the Bible says. If you can find scripture in the Bible, then you and I have a solid foundation for faith. Always remember that there is the fact and there's the truth. A Christian must acknowledge the fact. What do I mean by that? There's a diagnosis. Don't say there's no diagnosis. Otherwise, what are you praying against? The fact is that there's a diagnosis. You have, uh, the person has what? Diabetes or has whatever. What's the truth? By his stripes, I was healed. I was healed. I was healed. Hallelujah. There's a death sentence. What is the truth? The truth is that I will live and not die. To declare the works of the Lord. Oh, hallelujah. The good report, it means that there are false reports for there to be a good report. The false reports are there. They will come. But you and I are to negate and cancel the false reports, false reports and maintain the good report. Hallelujah to Jesus. The main battlefield is in our mind. So you and I must be careful how... We guard our minds. Job guarded his mind firmly. What do I mean by that? Job was going through difficulty. He was smitten. Then after that, Satan went to God again. And, and God said, have you considered my servant Job? The same thing. He was walking to and fro the earth. And, and, and Satan said, ah, but Job, you've, you, 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 because his body is intact, that's why he's not cursed you. You leave his body and he'll curse you to your face. So God said, touch his body, his life will be spared. That shows that someone can get a very raw, a rare, aggressive form of cancer, but will outlive those who didn't. Joel Austin's mother, that's the best example you can use. She had a rare, aggressive form, because God said, touch the body, the life will be spared. And her life was spared. The man died before. Look at John Crouch, Paul Crouch. John Crouch got colon, ca colon cancer, one of the cancers. The husband, did he get cancer? I, 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 maybe he did, I, did, I didn't know. He, he didn't die before her. Because the body can be touched by the life preserved. Amen. So God said, touch Job, take what, touch his body, do anything you want, but his life will be spared. When Job was, and the Bible says, when Satan left the presence of the Lord, he was smitten with boils. Whether it could be tumors, whatever it is, from the top of his head to the soles of his feet, or crown of his head to the soles of his feet. And the Bible says Job did not curse God. He kept his integrity. But how did he keep his mind? His wife and friends. The wife said, ah, you are miserable. Curse God and die. The friends were accusing God falsely. Job could have reacted. But Job kept his mind on Jesus. Job kept his mind on Jesus. Yes, the Old Testament people were still saved by faith. Every, faith, is, faith saves everyone, even the Old Testament. The Old Testament, they were looking to Jesus even if they did not know him. Why do I say that? Abraham rejoiced to see my day and he saw it and was glad. Thou art not yet 50 years old and hast thou seen Abraham? Verily, verily, I say unto you, before Abraham was, I am. 
So it shows that those people, they did not know Jesus, but they knew, they were, they were looking unto Jesus, all the heroes of faith. So Job's eyes were fixed on God, fixed on the Lord. And because of that, he did not lose his integrity. You and I must be stayed on Jesus, fixing our eyes on Jesus. Look at Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. Some versions is fixing. But looking unto Jesus, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher, concluder, perfecter of our faith. The one who started our faith, who glory to God, and the one who end the faith. What, what does it mean to end the faith? We are in his presence. What's the point of faith? There's no need for faith in heaven. When we are, when we see him face to face, faith is not, faith ends. Faith ends when we see him. Faith, Jesus is in front of you. What's faith for? The author and finisher of our faith. Who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. So the thing is looking unto Jesus, <clears throat> fixing our eyes on Jesus. Peter fixed his eyes on Jesus and was able to walk on water. As soon as he turned his eyes off Jesus, he began to sink. So Job knew that, look, my redemption is in Jesus. And I'll fix my mind on Jesus. You and I must realize that we have a great battle. And the battle, the biggest battlefield is in the mind. The biggest battlefield. Because the people of Jericho, they were strong and fortified. They lost the battle before Israel started, uh, entered. Because of fear. They were all crippled with fear. When the enemy wants to defeat you, he'll put fear in you. <clears throat> Job said, the thing I have greatly feared has come upon me. Let's continue so we can finish today. 2 Corinthians 10, 3 to 5. For though we walk in the flesh, or for though we live human lives, for though we walk in a natural way, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, so it shows that even though we live a human life, we are not fighting a human battle. <clears throat> because the weapons of our warfare are not physical. Are not in the mind, not, not, well, not in the, but they are not in the physical. But they are mighty through God <clears throat> to the pulling down of strongholds. Where are strongholds in the mind? <clears throat> strongholds, other versions say fortresses. Fortresses, pulling down fortresses. A fortress is a fortified castle, fortified place that is very hard to penetrate. So the, 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 the kings had fort, strongholds, fortresses, to prevent the enemy from penetrating. So Satan also has fortresses that will prevent the things he has planted from coming out <clears throat> in many people's minds and hearts. For the weapons of our warfare are not cannabis, uh, uh, for the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. Let's use the King James for this one. Okay, you, you keep it in ESV. We'll go back to King James. I like what it's in here. We destroy arguments and lofty opinions raised against the knowledge of God, 
and take every thought captive to obey Christ. So you see that this battle in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3 to 5, is in the mind. It, it has to do with opinions. It has to do with thoughts. It has to do with what we think in our minds. Now, the lofty thought that exalted itself against the knowledge of Christ are thoughts that oppose the word. <clears throat> a word is preached, and then a thought comes and then opposes it. What are some of the thoughts? He's a man. So he's, he, he makes a comment about women. Or she's a woman and makes a comment about men. It's a thought that will pull down the word. Am I preaching to someone? So you and I must be very careful how we think. Not every thought that comes to my mind or your mind is true. A thought can come by might not be true. You might think, have a negative opinion about someone, but it doesn't make it true. Even if they are, they, 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 they are examples. Oh, you see, watch it. You know, the devil will tell someone in their minds that, watch it. This person, when they see you, they'll ignore you. But maybe the person is having a bad day and has not even seen you and walks by. Yes, it's true. It's true. Or they see you <clears throat> and the devil will tell you that, look, they are laughing at you. You watch, they are mocking you. You see them laughing. You pass by and they are laughing. Maybe they are laughing about something else. Everyone has a right to laugh. Everyone has a right to laugh. But they are laughing. Yes. The fact that a thought comes to my mind does not make it true. Does not make it right. We destroy arguments. Imaginations. Imaginations. <clears throat> Some of the imaginations... You see, so it means... I've, I've come to see also that something that is clear, evidence, foolproof, very easy for even my little daughter to understand. You will explain it. You have thousands of people explain it, but it will not be agreed upon. Why? Because no matter the explanations, certain strongholds will not be able to be pulled down apart from the word. The word of God is the only thing. So sometimes it might look, it might look like it's not getting anywhere. But just saying, quoting a scripture is what will get the argument down. Using the Bible, but the Bible says, and quoting it, that is what will get the, the, the thought away. Yes. That is what will get the thought away. Because many times the reasonings will not help because they are fortified. Once the word of God is not in what you are saying, no matter what you say, it makes sense. The person should understand, but there's something that is holding them captive. It's only when the word of God comes in that it's a sword. I said it's a sword. Amen. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. Amen. And it's able to divide and destroy that argument. Amen. Also, the word of God is God himself. So when it comes, it's destructive to the enemy. I don't know whether I can hear an amen to that. Amen. So let's watch how we think. Oh, hallelujah. Well, amen. amen. Look at Second Timothy 1 7. Looking like I might not be able to finish today. It's our church, no rush. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear. 
Job realized later on that the thing he was afraid of is what happened. Now, why do we say Job was afraid? The fact that every time he would offer a sacrifice should in case his sons had sinned shows that he was afraid that his sons would sin and they would die. So Job said, the thing I have greatly feared has come to pass. It's come to pass. Because I was afraid of certain things and those things I was afraid of happened. So you and I must always remember that. Don't be afraid of certain things. Leave it to God. Number two, know that it is God who will protect us. It's God who will watch over us. It's God who will watch over our things. Look, you can do all your preparations. Just make sure that God knows that you are relying on him. Because if not, then you want to do you, you want to plan everything. Okay, plan it. Plan it. <laughs> but the horse is prepared for battle. You need to prepare. But as you and I are preparing, remember where the strength comes from. Remember where the source of protection comes from. So God will protect through what we are doing, but as we are fortifying ourselves, we are remembering that the fortification is only a human effort, but the real protection comes from the Lord. Psalm 127 verse 1 says there, what, except the Lord builds a house, the labor in vain that build it. Except the Lord keep the city, <clears throat> the watchmen will stay awake, but in vain, because God was not watching it. God was not keeping it. May God keep and watch over all we do and all we have. Oh, hallelujah. Let's remember that. So sometimes, if if we believe in God, we must believe that God has everything under control. Hallelujah. That God is watching our backs. God knows the beginning from the end. God knows what is happening in 10 years' time. And he's working towards a good future. Think about it. God knows what will happen in 10 years' time. God knows that in 10 years' time, maybe there's going to be a trap somewhere. There's going to be a problem. Maybe someone will fall into a certain problem. So God, in advance, will make a provision for that day. That's what the Bible says, look, that God will never suffer us to be tempted above what we are able. But with every temptation, he will give us a way of escape. So that we'll be able to bear it. So it means that, number one, even if he did not give us the way of escape, we should be able to bear it because he will not give us anything we cannot bear. Number two, after making sure that we can bear it, he will also give us a way of escape because he knows man that we are frail. He knows us that we are flesh. The Bible says, but God remembers that we are but dust. He remembers. So let's remember that God knows everything. He knows the beginning from the end. The end from the beginning. God knows all things. Oh, hallelujah. I said, God knows all things. I said, God knows all things. Oh, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Okay, just one more and then we'll continue next week, God willing. Let's look at James chapter 5, 1. James 1. From one to eight. <clears throat> Let's use ESV. <clears throat> and then we we'll conclude. I'll just touch on it and we'll conclude, God willing. 
Go, come now, you rich, weep and howl for the miseries that are coming upon you. Hey, Jesus' brother was a bit harsh on the rich. He says a few other things about the rich too. Your riches have rotten, rotted and your garments are moth-eaten. But it's not just Jesus' brother, it's God. Because it's in the Bible, so it's God who is saying it through James' brother. Jesus' brother, yes, God is saying it through Jesus' brother, yeah. Your gold and silver have corroded, and their corrosion will be evidence against you and will eat your flesh like fire. You have laid up treasure in the last days. Don't worry, this is not what you're talking about. Behold, the wages of the labor. Oh, that's why. James chapter 1, from 1 to 8. James chapter 1. You see how I'm stressing it to my face. James chapter 1. <laughs> James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the 12 tribes in the dispersion, greetings. Count it all. This is what it's supposed to look like or sound like. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. So count it all joy. It doesn't mean trials. Come to me, please. Come. I'm looking for trials. Come. I'm, I'm excited. No, 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 no. Fight it. Fight the temptation. Fight it in prayer. Fight it. Tell God, deliver me from evil. Deliver me from the evil one. Deliver me from trials. But as you are going through it, know that God has prevailed or you've prevailed against it and God is moving you higher. Amen. Every trial comes before a promotion. But it depends on how you finish the trial. How do you work the trial? How do you work on it? What do you do with the trial? Can I have an amen? amen. That is what you and I need to do. We need to work on it. Amen. So for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. The testing of your faith. And let steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. So it means that a trial, a difficulty, a problem, a struggle is to perfect us and make us mature. So every time we go through trials, every time we go through difficulties, every time we go through tribulations, fight it, pray against it, like Jesus said, the Lord's Prayer, but at the end of it, you will become mature and that word, lacking nothing, means that you'll be so mature that you'll be able to receive the blessings of God at will and lack nothing. Lack nothing. The Bible didn't say lack no spiritual thing. That's not in the Bible. Lack nothing includes spiritual things and includes all your provisions. Who oh, glory to God. I see somebody receiving everything they need and lacking nothing. I thought you put your hands together for Jesus. Let's continue. Verse 5 to 8 is where we're looking for. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given him. But let him ask in faith without or with no doubting. For the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. For that person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. 
He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. Now, just before I conclude, this is very important. This verse is saying that anyone who lacks wisdom should ask God and he will give generously without rebuke. Generously. Anything you and I are looking for, ask God and he will give to us generously. But ask in faith without wavering. Other versions say without, okay, there you go. ESV, without doubting. So ask God without doubting. Anytime we doubt, we are telling God that we don't know whether he'll give it to us or not. A doubtful person is someone who says, yes, I've prayed, God is going to give it to me. Then the devil puts a thought in their mind, oh no, he won't give it to me, maybe he might. Then you hear a message which says, God will give it to you. Oh yes, God will give it to me. Then later on, the devil tells you that this person didn't get it, so most likely you'll not get it. Hey, will I get it? Will I not get it? Tossed to and fro by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything of the Lord. So you and I must be careful how we act after prayer and during prayer. Because the Bible is saying that anyone who is wavering and doubting should not expect anything from God. Think about it. So it means that you and I, as we are praying, do not doubt. Because a doubtful mind is not pleasing to God. A doubtful mind is not pleasing to God. Look, for example, now, a doubtful person is different from someone who has been given a thought in the mind. Did you get that? Mark eleven twenty three says, Have faith in God. For verily I say unto you, for whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea. And what? Shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. So the condition is you don't doubt in the heart. But he never said you don't doubt in the mind. There's a difference between doubting in the mind and doubting in the heart. If you doubt in the heart, you are wavering and you will not receive anything from God. Can I have an amen? Not receive anything from God. Now, you remember when Jesus and the apostles, that, uh, Peter, James, John, were coming down from the Mount of Transfiguration. They met a man whose son was possessed, and the devil was casting the son down. And, and, and the, the, the Bible says that this, the devil put the, guy, the, the boy in, in water to drown him because he had a death and dumb spirit. Hallelujah. He couldn't talk. He couldn't hear. The father went to Jesus because the apostles could not heal him. And then the father said, Lord, please heal my child. And then Jesus said, do you believe it? The man said, I believe. Help thou my unbelief. It's like two conflicting things, but it's not conflicting. I believe in my heart, but my mind is telling me something. I believe in my heart that God can do it, but my mind is telling me that, look, it's not going to happen. I believe that God, you are Jehovah, you are, you are Yeshua, you are Yeshua ben David, you will do it. But my mind is telling me that the apostles tried and did not succeed, so you will not succeed. I believe, help thou my unbelief. There's a difference between believing in the mind and the heart, and there's a difference between doubting the mind and the heart. You cannot control what enters into your mind. If a doubtful thought comes into the mind, it doesn't mean you are doubting. What do you do with the doubtful thought? Do you allow the doubtful thought to settle into the heart? And does not doubt in his heart.
So you and I, if we waver, if we are, we are not careful and we don't master our minds, that doubt can enter into the heart and we should not expect to receive anything from God. You and I must make sure that what enters into our hearts are correct. Guard our hearts with all diligence. Make sure that you are not doubting in the heart. A thought that comes to the mind saying that you not get it should not discourage you. Keep standing in faith. Keep walking in faith. Keep knowing that your redemption is closed. That God is going to give you what you are looking for. And reject the thoughts that comes into the mind. I'm not out of words, just out of time. We'll continue, God willing. Oh, let's stand to our feet. Give God praise. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Let's sing that again softly. Pass my mind to Calvary. Oh, hallelujah. Let's just bless Jesus. Bless his name. Bless his name. Oh, give God the praise. Give God the praise. Give God the praise. Give God the praise. I cast my mind to Calvary. Where Jesus bled and died for me, I've seen his wounds, his hands and feet, my Savior, that cast a tree. Again, the top, I cast my mind, I cast my mind. To Calvary, where Jesus bled and died for me, I see His wounds, His hands, His feet, my Savior, that cast me. His body bound and drenched in tears. They him down in Joseph's tomb. Brilliant just by heavy stone. Messiah stared and all alone. Yeah. 
Father God, we bless and worship you and we thank you for your word. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you. We pray, oh God, that you would give us the grace to guard our minds, protect our minds. May our minds and our hearts be stayed on Jesus. May we know you in a more personal and intimate way, oh God. In the name of Jesus. Oh, let's speak to the Lord. Just a couple of minutes. Let's ask him to, 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 to guard our minds. Or give us the grace to guard our minds. Ask him for help. Speak to him concerning your needs. Know that he is the promise keeper. The one and only. The one true only wise God. There is no other God besides him. There is no life in your God. Oh, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Oh, we bless you and worship you. Oh, hallelujah. If you are watching, you are here. If you are here or you are watching and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you know in your heart that you are not born again. You know in your heart that you are far away from God. You know in your heart that if you die today, you do not know whether you would go to heaven or hell. But you want Jesus Christ to forgive you for all your sins. You want Jesus Christ to save you. You want a clean start with Jesus. I want to encourage you to raise your hands wherever you are. Just raise your hands. If you are watching wherever you are, just raise your hands. Let's repeat after me. Heavenly Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus Christ. I confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. I believe that he died on the cross for my sins. I believe that his blood was shed for my sins. I believe that God raised him from the dead. Lord Jesus, please come into my heart. Lord Jesus, please come into my life. Forgive me for all my sins. Cleanse me from all unrighteousness. From today I belong to Jesus Christ. Thank you Lord Jesus for saving me. In Jesus name I pray. Amen. Father God we thank you for those who have given their lives to you Lord Jesus. We pray that you keep and to, you preserve them in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. We may take our seats. So you can put your hands together for Jesus. Hallelujah. Let's take out a, a good offering. If you have your tithe, your first and best, your tithe, you can just uh, come forward. Hallelujah. If you have your tithe, your first and best, your first and your best, hallelujah, amen.
Okay. Father God, bless our tithe. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you have your offering, you can raise your offering. Hallelujah. And yes, raise your offering. You can pass the basket round. Or you can start from there. Thank you. Amen. Okay. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise the Lord. Is there a way to post uh, on the screen? Please do that from now on. I, 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 it should be obvious by now. Amen. Thank you. Father God, bless our offering in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Oh, praise the Lord. God is good. Isn't God so good? Yes, amen. Father God, we thank you and we bless you for the opportunity to give, to support your work. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Let's, okay, so let me just say a, a, a prayer for all of us, including those uh, online, and then we will hand over the mic. Father God, we pray for each and every one here and those on Zoom and those watching online. Father God, we pray that you bless them and bless them indeed. We pray that you would cause them to excel in every good thing. May we do well. We pray for your hedge of protection and fire to be around us. May your blessings be upon us. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May he lift up his countenance upon you, and may he give you peace. May God's blessings which make rich and addeth no sorrows be your portion. May you be blessed at home. May you be blessed when you go out. May you be blessed in everything you do. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you all online. Shalom. Of course, Zoom will continue to remain for the announcements. God bless you all. Shalom, shalom. <laughs>